Glory. You know, we are, and I know this is not going to be any great uh, revelation to you, but we are living in such a self-generation. Just such a self-generation. And I even heard my wife the other day mention to me, is, you know that uh, commercial that comes on and the she shed, I think it's called. <laughs> I got my she shed or something when the man has to have his cave and, and all this self, self, self stuff. And then it made me started to think about our generation because I spent um, a couple shows last night watching about, I don't even know why it was on, but it was talking about uh, World War II and uh, Okinawa and all these various uh, huge battles where thousands of American soldiers had died. And after the first bombs dropped in Pearl Harbor, the men of America just flooded to sign up for the uh, armed forces. And you know, it got me wondering, I wonder if we would do that today. I don't think we will. We are so much into self, self. And then it made me think of the dumb selfies. Uh, I understand the idea of pictures. And I remember I had a couple in my wall that this was my son and this is my other son. Remember? Remember that? Or if the guy beside you opened up his wallet and went this long, you went, uh, for pizza. You didn't want to see all them dumb pictures. And so now we've got all these selfies posted everywhere. And then it even goes to something even worse. Do you see the... The uh, unbelievable dangerous selfies they take now, it's like a big thing. You've got to be hanging off a cliff, some girl with some guy holding her, and let someone take a selfie. Like that means something. And they've actually slipped and died. People are now dying trying to get the most extreme selfie. Totally opposite of Bible teaching. Selfies. Self-generation. Totally opposite. And I wonder what damage has this self-generation had upon the church, had upon the people of God. What's the Bible tell us to do with self? Kill it. That's what, not selfie, not promoting yourself. Everything is self. Now I can have my she shed. Now I got my cave. Now be just thankful you have a house. We got all this self stuff going on, and I just, I'm telling you, wonder what it's doing to the house of God. So the Bible tells us to simply kill it. So I want to ask you this morning, I want you to do something while you're sitting there. Look around. Just look around the sanctuary. Look all over. All you can as we get into this. Luke 14 says this, Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and invited many. Everybody! And he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they, with all one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground. I must needs go and see it. Whoever here has bought a house without seeing it? Seriously, have you? How about this next one? Next one said, I must go and see it. I pray... The first said, I've bought a piece of ground, I must go and see it. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, I go to prove them. Now, I just bought a car in February. I didn't go online, buy it, and then go see it. That's ludicrous. All these excuses, they're so thinly veiled. So another said, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. If, you have, if you're marrying a person 
that keeps you from the house of God, you're marrying the wrong person. It's just that simple. Whether you like it or not, whether you think he's handsome, a stud, or she's a babe, you got the wrong one. So these excuses answer just important questions asked by many people. If Christianity is so true and good, why don't more embrace it? Why don't more run to it? Why don't more accept the invitation? Come! These excuses actually condemn themselves. Because the excuses are so silly, like we just brought out. The simple fact is they don't want to come. Look around. Verse 21 says, so what happened? So the servant came, told his Lord, and the master of the house got angry. Said to his servants, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city. Bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done. Thou hast commanded, it is done what thou hast commanded, and yet there's room. I tell you again, look around. Is there room? Do you see room today for others? Look what the Lord said. Go out on the highways, the hedges, and compel them to come in that my house shall be filled. That's a command from God. God wants his house filled. This one, he wants hands of faith filled. He wants all these churches that are in this community. He wants them filled with people that want to serve God and love God and live for God. So he tells his servants who have bid to come, you go compel them. You go compel them to come. Now, you need to understand that word compel has force behind it. It's constraint. But you know what it is? It's a compel of a love for God. A love for souls. Not, hey, you big jerk, you better get into church. Who's going to respond to that? So that's what that word compel means, a constraint to force. It's a sense of duty. I have to compel them. I have to go. I've been commanded. And God said, it's the love of God that will bring them and compel them to come back. So that's what we must have, a compelling love for the souls and welfare of people. We absolutely must. I think when I get behind this, I echo. Am I echoing to you or here? It's so good there's two of us up here. So all with one consent, they begin to make excuses. Probably like we are going to do now because you probably know which direction I'm going. Acts 1, 1 through 9 says this. The former account, account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. So he laid out what Jesus was telling us, teaching us. Unto the day which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. That's you and me. You didn't choose God. He chose you. So this is talking about you and I. The Word of God is talking about you and I. To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. Have not God proven beyond a shadow of a doubt he's alive to you? Has he not through all the various life's ups and downs, in and outs, God has proven himself? 
infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. That's what I'm doing today. I'm speaking to you about things pertaining about the kingdom of God, not self, not how to improve yourself. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them, what, I wonder what we would do if, if we walked then in the biblical times, we're sitting around some lake having fish and bread or whatever, and he who we believe is the Messiah gives us a command. What would you do? You get up and go, man, that was a pretty cool sermon. Okay, see you tomorrow. I mean, what, these are commands. And when, when you're so entrenched in a self generation or a self-thought life, the commands don't mean anything to you. They have to fit into your self-plan. They just have to. And if they don't, eh. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them, don't depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you have heard from me. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Don't go. Stay here. Wait for this. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's like whatever he said just went over their heads. He's telling them, wait. There's a power coming you know not of. You're going to need this. And they're going, um, when's this going to happen? As if, I, I don't know if that's true, but that's Sounds like something I'd do. So it's, therefore they come together and ask, Lord, uh, you this time restore this kingdom. What he's saying to them, hey, this is not for you to know. It's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his authority. But, and he takes them back to what they're supposed to know. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. The Spirit of God comes upon the people of God so they would be witnesses of Almighty God. has nothing to do with self. That's what you're supposed to be and supposed to be doing. And even that word witness, if you get into it in the in the Greek and stretch it out as it tells more and more. It talks about martyr. You're to be a martyr for Christ. It means you are to sacrifice uh, or, or get ridiculed and laughed at because you're standing for God. Not acting like a fool, because, but you're standing for the holy, almighty God in this self-filthy, fallen world. They'll mock you. But God says, I will give you the power of God, God the Holy Ghost, so that you can be that witness for me. It's a, the word, it's a witness in a legal sense. Man, if you pulled out and someone clobbered you, and someone saw them texting all the way and not even seeing you, you would need that witness to make your case. No witness, no case. That's what the Lord's saying, you're my witness. No witness. Nobody pleading, nobody saying anything about God here in Zanesville. No case for Christ. He can light up the sky, and he will one day. 
But right now, he's counting on you and I. You're in the army of God. Witness. Without a witness, the Lord doesn't have a case. And he talks about the gospel uh, about John. He said John was sent. Why? Why was he sent? John 1.8. He was not the light. John knew he wasn't the light. You're not the light. It's not about you. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That's what you are. You're the witness. You're the one. Bear witness. To be a witness means to give testimony. Don't hold back. To be the witness. So they could bear witness to the light and just possibly, as God works in them, that you know not what He's doing, the light can go off. Whether you see it or not. Disciples weren't left here in the world meaning to be beat up, sold in half, cut in two, mocked, killed, chased. But they were empowered by the Spirit of God and by their testimony, they bore witness of this great gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what they did. They bore witness of it. And we know that the Bible tells they turned the world upside down. But we're stuck in selfies or she sheds and man caves and all this weird stuff that's just so inward. There's no longer an outward. Churches now kind of almost look like, um, I would always tell you what, uh, theaters. When you walk into a theater, if you can find a good show to see, they have coming attractions. That's what people want in their church. What are you going to do for me today? What are we going to do? What are we going to get into? And say, ah, I don't like that. I don't think I'll be there. Who's preaching? Nah, he's too loud. He's too long. He's too this. He's too that. Who said this is about you? Seriously, who did say it? That's what we want. We want things about us. But that's not what this says. It isn't. Luke 2, 49 says this, and he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? In other words, it's like one who stands in the father's place. His father's business. It's uh, Jesus and sons. God and sons. Almighty and sons. And almighty and daughters. His father's business. You stand in line with him. And so Jesus says, How is it? You don't know that. Because we're too much of, we have no outward, it's all in. And what happens if you have all in and no out? We stink. We had a number of young people here in the last few years go off to boot camp number of them, Navy, Army, Air Force. Why? What are they going to do at boot camp? Become soldiers and sailors and airmen. You understand what they are, they're becoming? What do you think is going on there? What do you think is going on in boot camp? Selfies with the DI? <laughs> Selfie with the drill instructor? I mean... Seriously, what are, they, what are they creating? 
soldiers. So a lot of times when you mommies get your boy back, he's, oh, he's so different. Yeah, because they're knocking all the mommy out of him and they're making him a soldier. Right? How many of you guys went to boot? You know what I'm talking about. It's true, right? It's true. What do you think this is? You're to be a soldier for Christ. The pastor's almost like a drill instructor. Come on! You're to be a witness for Christ. It's your job. I mean, what, kind, what good would a sailor be if he doesn't want to sail? Or a Marine if he doesn't want to fight? Or an Army if he doesn't want to march or listen to orders? What good would they be? If they receive a command and go, ah, well. 1 John 1 tells us what we're to do. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. That's what should be going on in the house of God for the number of years you've been coming here or wherever. Handling the word of life, listening to it, seeing it, chewing it, breathing it, hearing it, marching in it. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. You're to show this. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Declare means to proclaim, to make known openly. That's Him. That's Him. That's the one. That's the one I was telling you about. That's the Christ, the Messiah. Declare openly. And we're doing these studies now at Sunday night talking about temperaments. And, and it talks about the sanguine, the one that's openly and, and bubbly. It's not just for them. That doesn't say just for sanguines. It's talking about us introverts, too. To proclaim openly, declare the wonders of God. Just not that way. Well, then God says you need to become spirit-controlled. Tell that to your DI. I'm just not that way. I don't like to march double time. They snatch you out of that line so fast, your boots will still be on the ground. <laughs> I don't understand. We have been affected by this self-generation. We have. What, what, what do I get out of this? What, what will happen if I come at night? God forbid. So, Verse 4 says, these things that we've just talked about, declaring God, being a witness, he says, these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. What's missing in the house of God? It's more duty. It's not joy. Do you understand there's a joy that can only come by experiencing, by serving God, by being obedient and serving God? There's a joy. Not a fun, oh, that was fun. I'm talking about a joy, something deep down inside of you. Most Christians do not have joy. Not at all. So that's definitely a clue. 
How about Timothy? Timothy, Paul said this, I have fought a good fight. I have finished. How many people finish? I got mental lists. I wish I wouldn't. I wish I wasn't one of these characteristics that we're talking about at night because they analyze and keep lists in their head and the list that finished and the list that hasn't finished. Paul says, I finished my course. I have kept the faith. You ever watch a marathon? 25,000 take off in New York and I don't know how long it takes to run those things. Two hours later, you see one cross. And then two. Four, five, six, seven, eight. There was such a big crowd in the beginning, the street couldn't hold them. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. Just read the other day in the paper, 1,000, almost 1,800 pastors quit a month. Apparently, we're going to run out of pastors. What is this month? Is this the sixth month? Eighth month, what month is this? All right, we're over 10,000 have quit just this year. Quit. That word course means running, running a race. Race or, or your life. I have fought a good fight, I've finished. Here's a, a research team concluded a 30 year study and came up with this result. 30 years now says only 20% of the body of Christ believe they have finished the work God intended for them to do. They have fulfilled their destiny. 20%. If we have 100 here, 20. 200 here, 40 did it. But wait, obviously that means 80% don't. 80% of us don't. Here's the scary part. They were only studying full-time, dedicated ministers. They didn't even include what they would call you as lay ministers. The study was for people who were expected and supposed to their job finish. 20%. No wonder it tells us in Luke 14, 21, the servant came, showed the Lord his things, and it was master of the house was mad. He's mad. Luke 11, 2 says this, and he said unto them, when you pray, say, no, this is not a selfie prayer. This is not a selfie person. Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Uh, I don't know about that word. In a selfie generation, thy will be done. Battle of Okinawa, they had to take this little, small, tiny mountain. They had to take it. They just had to in order to completely take the island, Okinawa. And it was only, I don't know, it wasn't a huge mountain. It was very, it looked like an anthill. It took them 82 days and thousands and thousands and thousands of soldiers to take it. The command came, and then boys ran up the mountain. And they just mowed them down for 82 days. 
The commander commands, the servant does. And God says, look around. My house is empty. Okay, here's this one, this story. A little bit of reading. Mark 5, 1 says this. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had, the, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because that he had been offended. You understand, before you were saved, you were bound with chains. All kinds. Just don't think of one. You had tons of chains, and nobody could set you free. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And you just look what's going on with our society right now. It's just crazy, just out of control, just insane, unbelievable things going on. Even maybe if President Trump does understand and saying it's not the gun, it's the mental illness, I understand all that, but then what are you going to do? How are you going to stop mental illness if you, if you don't let God do his thing? And always night and day, he was in the mountains, in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and saying, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God, and that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountain a great herd of swine, feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us to the swine, that we may enter into them. Now you have to, can you imagine what's going on here? This scene, legion, many, tons of demons in this one guy. Wrestling's going on now. We don't want to be sent here. We don't want to put us, send us to the pigs. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out, entered into the swine. The herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea. That were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fled the swine fled and told it in the city, in the country. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city, in the country. They went out to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil. He had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. I bet. 16 says, And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of the coasts. Here it goes, now listen. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Oh, I've got to go with you, Jesus. This is unbelievable, Jesus. I don't want to leave your side. I just want to stay right here with all these godly boat sailors, all these Christians no longer swear. I just want to be with you. Can I be with you? What did the Lord say? Uh-uh. No. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not? No. But this is what he said to him. Go home to thy friends and tell them, be a witness. Tell them what great things were done.
Tell them who did it and by what power. Tell them what depths that you were in and who set you free. Stay here and go and tell them. Tell your family. That's what the Lord told him. He didn't say, no, come here and build the only city of saved people. Just go to this safe school. Go to this safe place and that safe place. Just congregate. Make your saved little meetings. The man wanted to follow Jesus everywhere, but the Lord tells him, uh-uh, stay here. That's what it means to be a witness. Stay and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. Tell them your testimony. Every one of you have one. You could say, no, mine's not that. No, yours was horrible. You're a filthy, lying sinner. That's what we are without Christ. That's filthy. You're on your way to hell, and now you're not. Tell them. You have an awesome testimony. And it's yours, and it's personal, and it aches inside of you, and you don't come with emotion. Tell them. And he departed, and he began to publish in Decapolis. Look that word up in the Greek. You know what it means? It means ten cities. Not ten people. Not just mom and dad. This is where a dude lived. In ten cities, he's telling them all. Now, he could have just been in his boat with Jesus. Now I lay me down and say, oh, Jesus, just me and you, me and you. The Lord said, uh, I, got, I got enough of those. You look it up, it means ten cities. He departed and began to publish in ten cities how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. In ten cities now, it's out there. Because one person did what the Lord said and told them. That doesn't work in a selfie generation. It doesn't. Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Wise. Look around. Oh my gosh. There's plenty of people on their way to hell that could be here. Rooms. Plenty of rooms for them. Plenty of seats. <clears throat> Daniel 12.3 says, and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Starlit night, how beautiful, how awesome, just shining away. God said, that'll be you. That'll be you if you obey me. We did things in the military that looked so stupid and dumb. Everything had to be fast, the kids, and they'd scream and holler, and, they'd, and we'd crawl through mesh wire, and they're setting bombs off. It's to get you to be able to work under pressure, to be able to function, to be able to take a clip out and throw another one in and keep going.
1 Corinthians 9, 19 says this, For though I be free from all men, Paul says, yet, I, yet have I made myself servant to all. You have to decide to do this. I can't make you. You can see it. You can hear it. See it on the screens and your lap, the Bible. I make myself servant to all that I might gain the more. Paul was free to do whatever he wanted. But bringing to people to Jesus became more important to him than his own freedom, than his own self-interests. We've lost that in our nation. I do, I really do wonder, oh boy, if we really was a full-blown-out war, would our men run to sign up like they did in Pearl Harbor time? Verse 20 and unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. You talk to them where they were. He didn't go, oh, unclean, I can't touch them. Oh, I've been delivered from that. I'm not going to talk to you about that. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might be by all means save some. You're not going to get them all, but you can save some. You can. You can't save any if you don't fish. If you like to fish, and probably a lot of you do, and a lot of you have little private little fishing holes. You don't want to let everybody know where they're at because you catch some cool fish there. Well, get a fishing hole. Find it. Where is it? Is that a ball game? Is it in the mall? Where's your fishing hole? Is it on the job? Fish. How about Jude? Jude says this, and others, you have to save with fear. Save with fear. I have one now that I'm thinking about that I've talked to a brother about. I don't, been there so many times, I have made no dent in this person's life at all about God. God says, save some with fear. Sometimes you've got to get in their face and tell them, you're going to hell, buddy. Now. Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Pulling them out of the fire. Car wreck in front of you. Car bursts out in flames. What would you do? Oh, that's pretty bad. Put it in reverse and trying to get to Walmart. Kid needs school supplies. And the person, someone should be pulling them out of the fire. And that's a temporary, because they'll grow old and maybe die and go to hell anyway. We're talking about eternal firemen, e eternal first responders who go and yank them out of the fire into life. So God says, look around. Go and compel them with the love of God. Let them know how much God loves them. Compel them to come. Don't quit. Don't give up on them. Don't just put one on your list. 
So Mark Matthew tells us, Go therefore in the highways, as many as you shall find bid to this marriage. As many as you shall find. I, I give my wife credit. She goes and gets her nails done, and wherever she can get in the quickest, that's where she usually goes. And when she goes there, sooner or later, she's telling them about the Lord. She's sitting here getting their nails. What are they going to do? Get up and leave? <laughs> They've got to listen, even if they don't like to. And maybe we haven't had any tremendous response. Any nail ladies get saved that are now here. But she told them. She told them. And when things go on in their life and things fall apart in their life, it could come back to their remembrance after they're weeping or laying in bed saying, oh, I wish that one lady would come back and get her nails done. I can't remember her name. That song we were singing that you responded to, the great I am. All that authority in God is in you. He's placed it in you. So Luke tells us to compel them to come into the house. Isaiah says this, As I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. Let's stand. Thomas, can I have you back with your band? Zach, can we do that great I am again, please? Brandon and, yes, here we go, here we go, I see them. This is gonna be our altar call, seriously. No games, I'm not a game player anyway. Tell it like it is. Mark simply says this, Then Jesus said to them, Follow me. That's command number one. You have to follow the Lord. Not your way, His way. Not your roles, His roles. Follow me. And then God says this to you, I will make you become fishers of men. He's not going to force you. He will show you. He will give you the power, give you the strength. He will give you the opportunities. He'll do everything. God says, I will make you become. It's like a process. You might fail a time or two, but you'll end the process. I will make you. Whether you decide you're going to come down or not, I hope you just look around again. Every empty spot is a place where someone might burn forever and eternity could be filled. If you and I would be that witness. Remember, remember. There's no case without a witness. There's no case. Can't be one without a witness. It can't be one without someone saying, that's him. That's the one I was telling you about. He turned my life around. You're the witness. So our elders are open. They start to sing this. Ask the Lord to help you find your favorite fishing hole and fish. Let him make you fishers of men. to your side